Welcome to the Developer Tribe, where we delve into the process and practice of coaches, educators, and beyond. Today's episode is the last of season three, and we recently marked our one-year anniversary, which is the perfect time to put this episode out and to start reflecting on the journey the tribe has taken so far. I hope you enjoy this one, and as always, thanks for being here, however you got here. And with that, let's jump in. My guest today is a sports psychologist and peak performance specialist who founded the Tribe of Athletes that looks to explore all angles of a successful and fulfilling sports career. He was an athlete himself at the 2012 Olympics and following that had a career in banking before making the jump back into sports as, amongst other things, a mindset coach. It gives me great pleasure to introduce David Karasik to the pod. What's going on, Tim? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. It's good to have you here. So look, I have to start there with the 2012 Olympics. Tell us about your athletic history and what it was like getting there. Yeah, so, you know, the how I got there was interesting because as a kid, I did have the dream of the Olympic gold medal, right? I did have that, like a lot of kids. But then the adults around me, they told me, there's more important things like school and, you know, take care of your life and, and we'll see about swimming later. So they didn't laugh in my face, but they kind of made it clear not to daydream, to be realistic, to, you know, take care of school and all that. So I, that dream, that Olympic gold medal dream slipped in the background and it never came back. And I started to set my goals in swimming along the lines of what I thought was realistic for me. And that meant, you know, at some point I was a junior champ in my age category. And then I thought, okay, I can win the Swiss champ. And I did that. Then I thought I can only participate, okay, emphasis on participate in the European championships. And I did that. And I thought, okay, I can participate in the world championships. And because that was realistic, right? And then I did that. And then my coach in America at the time actually came to me. He's like, hey, you're really close to making the Olympics. Why don't we go for it? So like, yeah, why not? Let, let's go for it. And so I set the goal to participate in the Olympics, to make it there. And then I did that, right? And looking back, you know, I just got what I asked for, basically. I, it manifested, but I never, it never crossed my mind to win a medal and not even talking about a gold medal, right? So I made it there and had a really good experience. And to just give you like, you know, maybe the last 30 minutes before, before the race, I mean, I, yeah, I almost shit my pants, you know, I, I was, <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was kind of like scary because all of a sudden all these big shots that, you know, they were all there. You have these different call rooms because there's a lot of TV and a lot of checks that your logo isn't too big. It was hot and you move from one call room to the next and it, you just came closer and closer to the pool. And I, I remember it was August 1st, 2012, which is happens to be the Swiss national day, August 1st. And cause I'm from Switzerland, right? That was pretty cool. And I got out there and there were like 10,000 people in the pool, at, in the pool, which is, you know, the energy was boiling and that's something I've never, never seen, right? Not even on TV, I reckon. And, you know, the people all the way up, you could, you, they could barely like see, cause I went to check a couple of days after the event and you could barely see like who was swimming. It, it was incredible. And I saw my mom and my sister there with the Swiss flag because we got two tickets for my family, just two. So they were the ones that were there with the Swiss flag. And I was so happy and I just got on the block and kind of forgot everything. 
which is probably good, right? You don't want to have like the thought, we can speak about that a bit later when we dive deeper, but I, I, I just kind of blacked out. I had a good race for me personally, right? And uh, finished with a Swiss record uh, on the Swiss National Day, which was for me, you know, it, it was really nice. And I was very happy at the time, yeah. Wow. Yeah, what an awesome experience. And I, I love how that's lined up for you with the Swiss National Day your family being there, the record, just so good. And it sounds like you were starting to tell us about how you were bringing these experiences into existence. Like there was an incremental journey that got you to that stage. I would actually say it's, it's the other way around. It's like more, well, what I've learned is, and that only happened three years ago when start, somebody started to wake me up to the mental power that we human beings have, right? And I, I tell you what he told me. He told me, to look, he invited me for a tea, for a cup of tea here in Zurich, right? In a nice hotel. And he told me, look around you and notice that everything that is not green and grown by mother nature, we create it. Right. He came from the spiritual world we create. And I started looking around, you know, and I, I, for here, I have a pen here and that pen, it existed. So I know we're doing audio, but, you know, just imagine I have a pen in my hand, right? That existed as somebody's thought, as an idea first. And then with time, it moved into physical form. The technology that we're using now, the microphone, the phone, the computer, you know, somebody had an idea like Steve Jobs with the smartphone. It was just a thought. And with time, he moved it and we moved it into physical form. And you can say Michael Jordan, he had a dream to be the best basketball player in the world. And with time, he moved it into physical form. And so what I learned is that we can, we, we got to dream big. We got to know where we want to go. And it's actually, you know, that you see that, and you know, that in corporations, you see like, oh, yeah, let's beat the, the, the goal that we had this year. Let's beat it by 2%, maybe 5% if we're stretching. Right. So it's like, incremental and that's like realistic but you know what happens if you say let's just double it let's just triple it let's you know let's see let's think olympic gold you know and that was the game changer so what i teach my athletes now is that they have a big dream and you know it's not it's not about even if you if you have a big dream as a kid as to be an olympic gold medalist let's say and even if you don't make it, but you end up in a final or something, you're not going to beat yourself up on it. It's still going to be freaking awesome. And you're going to go much further than if you do it like I did and just go step by step by step. And then you're 26, like me, kind of old. And I made it there. Okay, but I would have to wait another four years, you know, to. So I would say think big. What do you reckon? I reckon 26 and being old has given me an existential crisis. But look, it's so interesting to hear you talk about it in this way and using your experience to inform how you now work with athletes. I've often thought about what it means to set expectations with the, the footballers I've worked with. And I, I think it's important to co-construct these, but also to push those expectations. So I have a hard time putting these in like realistic terms, if you get what I mean. Why not shoot for the moon and land among the stars? So, look, this is an important one to wrestle with as a coach. How this operates for each athlete is going to be pretty different. Yeah, uh, there's there. I mean, that's also what I I think. There's no one size fits all. Also, right? If you have a if you have a soccer team, football team, 
I mean, you're going to have 20 guys or whatever that, that everybody's different. And one of the fundamental premises that, that we work with is that we assume that every human being, and again, this is coming a bit from the spiritual world, but I believe this is a bit missing. The mental, you know, we're doing everything in the physical and in the technical and tactical. There's a lot of knowledge, but mental and spiritual is a bit, often is missing a little bit, is lagging behind a little bit. But every human being is powerful. And, you know, even in the Bible, they say, so I'm not really religious, but the, this is not new knowledge. They say you have to know thyself. In the Ray Dalio, in the hedge fund manager, he, he says you have to know yourself. These principles of success is like you have to know yourself. And when you understand yourself, you can understand others better, right? But, and then you'll find like the best solution for, for everyone, basically. Um, or you get closer to it, but we, we have to assume that every human being is powerful and it's on them to decide how they want to set their own expectations. Because if we do it for them, basically we assume that we, we are more powerful than them, which is not, they know themselves best. So that's like kind of the philosophy. I know it's a bit spiritual, but that's like, it gives all the power to everyone because every human being is powerful. It's just a lot of us haven't awakened to, to that power yet but we have it. I love that. Every human being is powerful. And imagine if we started there with everyone we worked with, how that would change our interactions with them. It's so common to have conversations with coaches be leaned towards the deficiencies in players and athletes. And you get a sense that that's just how they see that player or athlete. And do you think that might affect how you work with them? But look, let's go back a bit here because one of the things that was interesting to me in connecting with you is we both have a history of working in finance. And I'm curious as to how you go from being an Olympian to banking back to working in sport and generating this understanding and work with mindset. Yeah. So look, you got to understand that I, so I studied, well, first of all, let, let, let me back up because until three years ago, I'm 33 now, right? I was very unaware, and this is this is important for the stories. Like I was very unaware of what was really going on in my life. It was a good life, but it was like kind of on autopilot, right? So you could say, all right, swimming. My father was a swimmer. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? So I went into swimming. I played the cello, you know, the the bigger violin kind of because my grandfather played the cello. I took Latin in school because my mom told me, and she took Latin. Then I studied finance because my dad said, well, this is like, you know, I didn't know. So I just, you know, took the inputs. And I, I think it's really important because I had no idea what I wanted. So I just kind of went along with it. And I, I kind of liked finance. And then I was in America in the business school at the University of Virginia. And over the summer, I was training, whereas all the other guys and girls, they would go to New York with the banks like Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan, Bank of America. They're doing internships, you know, working 80-hour weeks and making money and telling all these stories. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so far behind. You know, I'm so far behind. So when I was done with swimming, I thought, I got to make money. I got to make money. And banking in Zurich here in Switzerland, it's like pretty good, good for that, I would say, right? It's like there's a lot of banks here. And then I through coincidence or, you know, maybe I attracted him, he attracted me, whatever. But, you know, I met somebody who kind of got me in through the back door and I immediately got a really good, nice job on the trading floor with one of the private banks here in Switzerland. 
And yeah, that was my programming. You know, I thought I got to get in there now and, and do, but I didn't really say I want to be a banker. It just, it just happened. Things just happened. Oh, interesting circumstances. Yeah. And, and, and also interesting about we said there in terms of the inputs from your life, steering your choices, I really resonate with that. So why not stay in finance though? I mean, I'm glad you didn't, but like from the outside, it must've looked like that was serving you well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. So what happened was in swimming, I, I always had like this success, right? For me, you could say not at the top, top, top level, cause I didn't make it into a final of the Olympics, but it was, it was a good level. And I had that, and I had that immediate feedback when I changed something, I could see, you know, where my times were going, were they getting faster, slower and so on. And then I got into banking and all of a sudden I couldn't really recreate that success in the banking world because there, you know, it seemed like there's a lot more variables. Uh, you know, there was my boss and I started to slip into a little bit. Again, I was very unaware at the time, slip a little bit into a victim role. And I started to blame other people, blame situations, get angry when somebody got more bonus than me for doing the same job. And I became more and more unhappy. Still, I didn't hate the job or anything, but I just, I knew I was distracting myself with going out a lot, you know, drinking alcohol and, and staying out late and all these things. And I guess like at some point the pain just got bigger and bigger. And that's when that guy came along and he invited me for a tea. Right. And then that's when I became so fascinated with what he was saying, because it was really hard to argue with that. We're creating this because, you know, a dog and a cow, they also have emotions, but they can't create. And I, I, I started to realize, well, we do have gifts in, with our mind that other species don't have on this planet. And I started to, you know, really dig into that. And I became so intrigued and fascinated by it that's the, that this is the only thing that I've been doing for the last three years. Now that's some mindset shift. <laughs> and I resonate so highly with this. As, as I said, I, I used to work in finance and then uh, after my mother passed, I, I left and sort of drifted for a while, but knew I wanted to work in football. But after just, just one setback, I was back working in another office job, this time in intellectual property. And I remember walking home after, I think, maybe even three days in the job and, and throwing up on the side of the road as I went home. And I was overwhelmed by this thought of like, is this it then? like this is what you're going to choose and it was not long after that I started to get my head around kind of an escape plan how I was going to go after what I wanted yeah and by the way it's interesting you mentioned escape plan because I the first kind of pdf that I wrote for my clients at the time I called it the golden cage escape plan yes love that because <laughs> you know the they call the cage, right? I mean, like you, you make the money, it's financially secure and all that, but it's still a cage because you're not really doing what, what you like. It's not for, you know, some people generally love it, but as, as like you and I, and you had to go through the throw-ups, I guess, right? To, to, to realize. And, but sometimes, you know, it has to get really bad until something snaps inside of us, right? And I think a lot of people can, can probably relate to that. Yeah, I mean, really not a pleasant experience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but one that I, I probably had to go through to really shift myself. 
you know, violently in this case to a headspace away from that victimhood of like, no, I, I can control this and I am going to go after it. Not exactly been smooth sailing since, but the point was to embark on the journey. So look, because of the work you do and to start to get into that, I'm going to have you now define what mindset is for us. Yeah. So mindset, it's a, actually, I've never been asked that question. And I don't have a, uh, it's a good, good question, but I think when, when you study and when you listen to um, the most successful people in the world in terms of relationships, artists, money, athletes, all, you know, parents, all kind of pe- people that have what seems to be a really good life that have moved the world forward and so on. What you see is that even though they are coming from different places, have different cultures, different views of the world and you know how things work, they all know what they want. And also they believe that they can have what they want before it has happened for them, right? So for example, the, a good example is the Wright brothers with the flying, right? They, they had a dream to fly and they believe that they can fly before it has happened. And, and I think that's, that, that's it. It's mindset. You got to be able to see it in your mind. That doesn't mean I have to go out like Muhammad Ali and tell everyone you're the best ever. I'm going to knock you out and all that. Not everybody's the type for this, but it means for you in a quiet moment, you know, there's nobody's judging you. You shouldn't judge yourself. And you should allow yourself to dream big and to see what you really want. And I think that's, that's where it all starts for me. Because you, if you want to hold it in your hand, you got to be able to see it in your mind first. right? And you got to give it a lot of energy and the way you do that. Because that's how we do. We move an, an idea, a physical idea. And I'm just pointing around my head, right? Somewhere like in the air. We move it into physical form by thinking about it a lot. And then we move it into physical form. That's how we can do it. It's an idea first, and then it's something physical. And that's exactly the same with, with your life, basically. If you, you can, with my girlfriend, I, I imagine, I visualize how I want it to be with her. And then when I do that, you know, for a minute only, when I see her, I'm that person and I'm fully myself because I'm visualized. I want to be myself and how, you know, how passionate I am, how I'm, you know, loving I am. And all these things, and they just happen automatically. And so I think that's what mindset is, is like, first of all, you got to know where you want to go. And then the other things that can fall in place for you, because again, we are powerful and we have this beautiful goal-seeking mechanism inside of us that will help you automatically to get there, right? It's like automatic. That's a beautiful thing. And one example that I have, because I decided a couple uh, months ago to, to buy the new Tesla, okay, in black with like the company logo and like yellow on it, you know, like pretty cool. So trust me, in Zurich, I see every freaking Tesla now, but I don't have to do anything extra. I don't, you know, they, it just, I just see it because my brain is like focused or my mind is focused on it and it happens automatic. And when you can do that, you know, yeah, that, I think that's what mindset is for me. Hi. What about you? So that, that, that had to come, right? Yeah, of course. And <laughs> look, for me, 
very similar and I love what you just said there about if you want to hold it in your hand then you need to hold it in your mind and I'm really glad that we've stayed away from some of the growth versus fixed mindset arguments like I think they can be useful to talk about but there's something so powerful about the way you are talking about visualization and changing and adopting mindsets with this creative capacity but obviously that's only part of the answer otherwise we'd all have that tesla sitting out front having just thought about it really hard so that for me is where i guess coaching and mentoring can really support the individual in generating that self-awareness getting clear on the journey and one of the problems for us all recently is not being able to work with people in person so how do you navigate that in terms of uh, distance and familiarity working with athletes online? Yeah, wonderful question. So what I've found is that with adults meeting online, it's actually, you know, in the beginning, it took a little bit of getting used to. And then for me, because I did it a lot, I got used to it fast. And with my clients, because they only did it with me, basically, it took them a bit longer to get adjusted. But where I see the sweet spot, me personally, is that you get to know each other in person. And then when you can't do that, because, you know, people are traveling, competitions, or just, you know, time requirements, you kind of build the bridge and you do it online, but then you catch up again in two months or so in, in person. That's where I, I see this going and where I want it to go, right? But what, again, we have to assume, and with kids, it's a bit different. With kids, I can see it also with the COVID situation, I can see them also offline, which I love doing because oh, those kids, when they smile and they give the handshakes, I, it's just like really cool also for me and for them, right? But Again, we have to assume that every human being is powerful. And so what I'm helping them with is to change their routines or to build a new routine that they do every day and they have to be able to do it themselves. I can't check in with them every day because as you say, I'm, I don't want to be a pain in the ass. I don't want to remind them over text, like, did you do it? You know, so every client that I work with privately, you know, has to commit, it's not in a contract, but verbally commit to put aside 10 to 15 minutes every day to do the visualization. So I'm not telling them you have to do this, this, and this, but we're going through the tools, basically, I'm giving them the tools. And then it's on them to kind of pick the tools that work best for them, that they love the best, and right, that can change over time. But they have to spend the time. And as I said, it's like nurture the dream, nurture the ideas, where they want to go, give it energy. And you can do that by simple visualizations, affirmations that are connected to the heart, even things like talking to yourself in the mirror and finding the eye of the tiger, for example. You know, I, I call it when you look yourself in the mirror and you look into your right or the left eye for a long time, it could be a bit uncomfortable, but then you tell yourself what your dream is and you look for the that sparkle in the eye. I get always get good. I get goosebumps now when I think about it because I know how powerful it is. You're like, okay, I, I can do this, you know? And these are things, yeah, that they have to do on their own. And then when I coach them and I do about a coaching session every two weeks. Um, and then what we do in the coaching session is to make sure that their dream is connected to their heart. And you said that before, right? That they're not doing anything for anybody else or 
out of the wrong motivation, which could be I'm not good enough. And you're always creating I'm out of I'm not good enough, right? So that's what we use the coaching sessions for. And there's a lot of, you know, clients, they ask me, well, David, what should I do? And I tell them, I stop them right there because when I give them the answer, what does that tell their own subconscious mind? It tells the subconscious mind that I'm not powerful. I don't have, I don't know, you know, the big daddy, David, tell me, right? And so I have to stop them there. And basically what I just make sure is that we go and listen to their heart and we get that out and I can give them the tools. But again, the premise is they are powerful. I am powerful. You are powerful. Everybody is. And I, you know, with the right knowledge and with the right tools, you're going to start to, you know, get more and more of that. And so, yeah, that's what you use the coaching sessions for. So I think it's like, it's a mix. You don't want to be a pain in the ass, but you, you kind of have to make sure that they do the work because an athletes know that that's the beautiful thing. They know that they know they have to do the work. It doesn't just happen overnight. Right. So it's like finding the balance as so, so often in life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so important, the space we create as developers to work reflexively with that power dynamic that comes with working with people and positioning ourselves uh, likely unintentionally. And it sounds in, in your case, in an unwanted way as a, a more knowledgeable other or a more powerful other. So part of the relationship building becomes that balance, as you say, of negotiating who has the power in what part of the journey. And for me, the, the best coaches, best developers, uh, putting as much of that power in the hands of the person as they can without jeopardizing what they think of you and, and therefore your ability to also influence. And on top of that, it's probably best if it comes naturally. I mean, this is, you know, there, there's one of my mentors um, is Bob Proctor from, have, do you know him from The Secret? Yeah, I have heard of him. I mean, he... You know, he walks around in a big room and he walks close to you or, and he picks up your energy and with his intuition, which is also one of those gifts that we have, he picks up your energy and he tells you what kind of person you are, what you're kind of what you're thinking. And it's absolutely amazing. You know, what he's saying is that he's telling like a similar story than I, but he has an extra 60 years or whatever is of, of practice, right? So he say that he never had that. He was always, he was shit in school. He never knew any anything about his powers that he has. And then he started to develop it. And what he's saying is, if I can do it, you can do it. And I, and I, you know, we all have unique gifts and unique talents and things, probably also a unique, like a purpose, right? Your purpose is different than mine, is different than one of the listeners. And it's to identify that purpose and then to go for it. But we all have, we're all very similar with human beings. If I understand myself better, I understand you better because we have the same gifts. You can imagine things. I can imagine things. You have intuition. I have intuition. And the cool thing about this is that, you know, I, I have, I always had mentors and now I really start to appreciate the value of it because they just have a higher level of awareness in a certain field of life, right? And for them, it's really easy to see where I am because they've walked that path. 
right? But for me, I'm like looking up and I, for me, there's like a void. I'm like, damn, how, how does he or she do that? Like, it seems, it looks like magic because we have no freaking clue how to do it, but for them, it's easy. So the bridge to go up there as fast as we can and as in a, in the coolest way, it's just, we ask these people and then what we'll find, you know, we often assume, oh, they're going to judge us. They're, they're like up there. They don't want to help us, but these people, if they're not psychopaths, they love to help, you know, you might have to pay a little bit of money or so, but like, they love to help you. And, and that's the fastest way to go there. And it's, that's, you know, it doesn't make them a better person. They don't have like more value as a person. It's like, you are not a, you don't have more value as a person. If you know how to cook or if you know how to drive a car, if you know how to brush your teeth, right. It can get silly quickly but they know more in that area and they can help you and that's it. And so that's basically what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I know the sports world and I've now developed a higher level of awareness and that, you know, that will continue until I die. But for me now, it's easy to see the, the struggles that these people are having or not even like struggles the, the the issues the you know, what they, what they're facing. And I, for me, it's really easy to lend them the belief because I've done it. I've seen hundreds of people do it, clients of mine, other people that were in my coaching group where I was coached, I saw what they are creating. So it's like really easy for me to believe that I, I just know if I could do it and I was so unaware, I didn't know anything, you can do it, right? And, but for them, and so that's why it's cool. It's like this coaching is like you can lend the belief to, to your clients, to your athletes, even when they don't believe it. But that's what you do. You lend the belief and then, you know, you'll get it back later. You get it back through other people, other mentors that believe in me when I didn't believe in it, even myself. And I think it's like, you know, we're all on the path to higher awareness, to learning. And what we do is we're all in different areas and we just like pass each other like a hand and we're trying to like pull each other up. And, you know, I'll get pulled up and I'm trying to pull up. So and that's and who wants to come along, come along. That's brilliant. And uh, I think you touch on something important there too, that if we're choosing to coach or mentor or however you wish to term this form of developing others, that sometimes there might be a mismatch in personality or just the journey is going in different directions and, and that's okay. So look, when, when you yourself are taking this journey though, one of generating your own awareness, that can sometimes cause some tensions in your external life, like, you know, sitting down with friends or maybe family and being, you know, this doesn't work anymore. Were there some difficulties as you changed in how that changed your relationships or how others see you? Yeah. You know, that, I think that's like, yeah, that is... That is the question that I get asked often also, like, I, and I've had to experience it as well. So I, when I started to become more aware of this, I ran against the wall with my family, right? I, with head first, try to convince them like, oh, there's so much more. You got to like, you know, start to wake up and this and that. And, you know, you have to under, understand that they, or, or appreciate that they saw me in, in a box, David's box for 30 years. And then David has moved out of the box and, you know, it takes some time to adjust to that. And now, you know, what the hell are you talking about? You know, like who, what's happening to you? And then there's all kinds of suspicion coming up and which was even more difficult for me. And I was pushing even harder. And so what I think over 
took me time to learn that. And I think everybody, that's like, you know, with the fire, you have to make that experience. You have to run against the wall head first a couple of times to learn it. But what, what everybody is saying and what I'm experiencing also is that you just focus on attracting the people that want to do this. And, you know, even though I do believe that this kind of work is for everyone, I'm convinced it's for everyone, but not everybody is ready right now. I certainly wasn't ready for 30 years. And, you know, what the biggest question that I had after my first mentor started to wake me up to the mental powers was why the hell did nobody tell me about this earlier? And I also learned though, that I tell, take full self-responsibility for everything that's happening in my life. Now, all the good and all the bad and, or just everything that's happening without even judging it. And so I realized that these ideas, they have always been around. It's just, I haven't heard it. I didn't see it. I didn't pick up on it. Right. So I see it as, you know, I put the messages out. We have the YouTube channel, we have the social media, you know, we have the website. So there's the messaging, there's the ideas are out there and the people, the athletes and the coaches that resonate with this idea, I hope that they will be attracted by that. And, and then you kind of attract your ideal clients, right? And, and you don't spend energy on trying to convince somebody, you know, it's like similar with COVID, you know, live and let live. It's like, if, if people have a different view of COVID, I'm, I'm not going to go and convince them of anything because they have their beliefs. I have mine and you know, it is what it is and we can still get along and, that's it. But we don't have to convince each other because it's so tiring. I mean, you end up in Facebook discussions and all, all kinds. And it takes it, you're not the best version of yourself, right? When you're trying to convince and in the end, it doesn't work anyhow. So yeah, focus on, on just attracting them to people that are, are ready for this and who really want it. Such an important thing to state. I think sometimes it's really necessary to have that self-awareness, that self-worth. To be able to just notice when certain situations aren't serving you anymore. And of course, the other side of that, whether you're not positively impacting that place or person anymore either. It's beautifully said. It's, it's better for both, right? And it's a personal decision from your point, but it's nothing personal against the other person. It's just, you know, yeah. But that's what a lot of people end up taking it personal, right? That's what you're saying, what I'm hearing as well. Yeah, exactly right. And, and this fits for coaching too, like having the capacity to say to someone, I might not be the right person for you in your journey right now. But not just for you as the coach, but really intentionally serving the athlete or learner properly too. You know, that might mean signposting. It might mean uh, putting them in touch with, with someone else. Um, yeah hard to do but so important so look talk to us more about what you do online and working with those that do want to work with you yeah so what what we found is that we're bringing now together athletes and their coaches right like not just the athletes but also the coaches and we do it across sports and again it goes back to the, the fundamental premise that each one of us is powerful. And that also means that every one of us has 
unique experiences and wisdom locked up inside of us, right? And given a lot of us are not aware of how much, like how much powerful knowledge and the experiences are inside of us. But what happens is when we create a community of these athletes and the coaches, and we create a safe environment where people feel happy, joyful to be there and safe to share, you know, we can all learn from each other. So it's less about learning just from me. You know, I can give some tools and the knowledge that I have learned from my mentors, but then it's about learning from each other and, and going and breaking out into small groups and, and sharing, you know, leaning into it. Because when you just sit back and you listen to like a, a pre-recorded course, you know, that's good. And it might work for, for a lot of things. But when we talk about the mindset, it's really we're learning through experiences because if we learn through knowledge, we could just listen to a video and then, oh, now I got it and, and go out and do it. But it, that's not the case, right? And so we learn through experiences and it takes a bit of time, but that's why I believe with inside a community, and that is my tribe of athletes, I believe inside of a community, we are most likely to succeed and we're most likely to have a lot of fun while we do it because you're just around i mean everybody knows how important your your network is the people you hang out with and yeah it's online now but it's also a really beautiful thing because I, if i had to go into zurich here right and i had to find people hey do you like mindset are you a professional athlete do you speak english you want to get better at this and all you, you want to you know then i'll have a hard time to find these people but now online the message is out there and if somebody wants it, it can join the community and then immediately, you know, it is inside an online community where, where it's all about mental greatness. It's about the journey to mental greatness. And as we said, everybody is on a different, different, um, at a different place in that journey, but we can all support each other. And so that's what, that's what we're doing. And usually I do like a workshop that we do like a five day workshop for an hour a day to get people interested and give them like the first tools. I, I just did one that I call the unshakable confidence workshop because confidence is this buzzword that every, everybody wants more of. Right. But then, you know, it's about more than that. It's about, you know, understanding yourself, being yourself, because when you're yourself, you're going to be the best version of yourself. Anyhow. Right. All that, these high pressure situations, they come from you worrying about things and not being yourself. That's what it is. So, that's what we do. And then at the end of that, I'll invite them into the community. And uh, yeah, and then it's like a closed, closed system where yeah, it's like, you know, an inner circle of people who all want the same. And it's athletes and coaches together, which is really cool because you have these different angles, um, different sports, you know, like I've learned a lot from a shooter, for example, it, you know, because there you could argue a lot, a lot of it is mental. But then we also have triathletes and then you put those together in a group. I mean, it's fantastic. You know, there's the magic happening in. And so, yeah, that's what, what I've been up to with the tribe. And I, I found I only figured it out a couple of months ago. So it's been uh, in, it's been a shift and a little bit of a restructuring from a business point of view. Um, but very it feels good. It feels right. My intuition tells me this is this is the right thing to do for for me at the moment. So. Yeah, go with that intuition and, and, and look, that energy is going to take you forward with it as well. So 
I think you're right, though. Lockdowns and pandemic have given us cause for a, a slower cadence and opened lots more people up to an online world. And, and so now the key is designing those communities so that there's value. And for me, obviously, the term tribe is so important that we both resonate with. And I draw on the work of Alex L., a, a writer, and wow. she says, life isn't to be done alone. Find your tribe and journey freely and loyally together. And I think that's what these online communities can be about. It's going to be difficult to monitor that kind of thing because, you know, within our space sport, it's, it's so highly contested all the time that it can be difficult to have those conversations where really everyone is understood and that there is that space to journey in this way. I loved what he said about. Can you can you give me the definition of the tribe again? I I thought I where everybody is allowed to. Yeah, journey loyally and freely together. Uh, wow, that's like it's the picture that comes immediately to my mind is Lord of the Rings. Not well, they had some struggles along the way, but they were they were on the journey, right? They were on the journey. By the way, you know, in the very beginning, you were saying it was all, almost like this magical with the sage coming in in my life but have you heard of the hero's journey yeah strangely that came up in recently in conversation about uh, navigating people's biographies but yeah tell us more well the hero's journey um for example king arthur superman there's you know this is there's a lot of hero's journey basically every civilization has a hero's journey like and you come to the planet and you're born, you're born a king or a queen. That's yeah, king or a queen. But you're growing up thinking you're a peasant. You know that's happened to King Arthur, right? He was born a king, but he grew up. He had to leave because yeah. So you don't know what your powers are, and then somebody comes along and tells you, by the way, you're you're a king, by the way. And then you know that's the wise man that kind of shows up and gives you some information. Like oh what? And then you go on a quest. And then it, on the quest, you have to pacify your dragon. You have to not kill it. You have to pacify it. And the, the dragon stands for your ego it is to learn more about yourself. You don't have to kill your ego because, you know, when you kill a dragon or cut off its head, mythologically speaking, there's two heads coming back. So you want to pacify. You want to understand what it is. You want to know yourself. And then you complete the circle. You come back and you start to serve society with what you know and what you've learned. And so that's the hero's journey, right? And, and so, you know, I mean, Lord of the Rings is kind of that also. There's, there's a lot of these. There are different variations, um, but that usually makes a good story. And we're all on a hero's journey, right, somewhere. And, the, you know, question is where? And then I guess there's multiple hero's journeys as well in our lives. You know, there's not just one and then, oh, now I find the Holy Grail. It's not like that. But I think that analogy is, like, pretty cool that, and often it's like you meet one person and that one person changes your life, right? Maybe that one person can't change the whole world, but definitely change my life. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> uh, and that idea of the, the two heads coming back, uh, I, I came across that one when I, I visited uh, Juventus in, in Turin. And that was uh, adopted for like the team, the, the metaphor being that you might get past one player, but there'll be like seven more in your face afterwards. Um, so look, David, while 
so much to take away from today and thank you for sharing your world with us as always a last question for you if you could have an audience with just one person who would you pick i'll i'll pick bob proctor for for me right now he uh you know he's 87 and he goes he's going strong like a freaking 45 year old it's like unbelievable and i i just think you know you know he has 60 years under the belt doing this kind of work and it's just fascinating me like how in what simple terms he's passing on that knowledge and i mean he grew he he learned from the napoleon hill think and grow rich right and he studied that book and but the way he gets across the knowledge it's really i use this stuff with 11 year old kids and that really you know so that fascinates me because it really is for everyone and these days now if you have an internet connection you know, you can get into this and no matter, and I, I see this, you know, now not speaking just about sports, but just for the world that the internet is a huge opportunity because it's for everybody. Now you need an internet connection and you got to put in the time and the work, but you can really wake up to this and start to make, create huge changes for yourself and then for everybody around. And, and yeah, I would love to sit down with Bob Proctor. Uh, sounds like a great choice, uh, given what you said about him and, uh, you know, how important sometimes just individuals can be uh, coming into our lives and, and kind of showing us a, a different way of looking at something, a, a different lens that just opens up a whole different world. And it, it clearly has for you, and I'm sure you're doing the same for, for many others. So once again, you know, thanks, David been a pleasure speaking with you and uh, we'll make sure your links are in the description so that people can reach out it just leaves me to welcome you to the tribe hey tim thanks so much uh for having me on i enjoyed every second of this and uh also you're a wonderful podcast host host keep going uh love the work that you're doing and uh again thanks i appreciate you that's it for episode 12 of season three and our thanks to David for joining and talking to us with such energy about his journey and work. You can find him at the Tribe of Athletes, which we have a link to in the description. As the last episode of the season, we'll be taking a break from the pod. But to stay in touch with us, come join us at thedevelopertribe.mn.co to do that journeying freely and loyally towards effective coaching and coach development practice. In the off-season of the pod, I'll be working on some other parts of what we do, including our multiple mentor network, Rico. More on that another time. I look forward to seeing and connecting with you there, and of course, back with the pod soon. <laughs>